ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Good afternoon. I'm Bill Cornwell in for Paul's Monday, the 7th of May, 2018. Paul will be with us uh, in a day or two, but uh, I'm going to be holding the fort down today and tomorrow. Coming off a busy sports weekend, and um, hopefully we're going to have a couple of guests today here on the drive. Uh, for, uh, first off, we're hoping to have uh, Mitch Jacobs, Marshall Volleyball Coach, in studio. Of course, uh, Mitch uh, getting ready to um, head into yet another year of uh, volleyball at Marshall. And to be honest with you, he has had a big time, uh, uh, shall we say, uh, um, Changing his lineup. There's a, a refocus in the program. There's a refocus in the lineup. And uh, Mitch and I will be talking about it a little bit later. Uh, right now, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's coming up this evening here on our airwaves. Uh, ESPN 94.1 AM 930. Big basketball game this evening. Now, it's not coming up till later tonight. And that's, uh, of course, the Cleveland Cavaliers got a chance to wrap up. The uh, their series against the Toronto Raptors, and, and believe me, coming into the, there's, there's no way that I thought this was going to be a chance for a sweep for the simple fact that Toronto finished ahead of Cleveland in the regular season. Toronto had a great uh, first-round series, and um, they looked to be a team that was on a roll. However, uh, Cleveland has caught fire winning the two games in Toronto, coming home, winning game three over the weekend. And tonight, 8.30 tip, they can actually get the job done and sweep this Toronto Raptors team. And because of that, a lot of uh, scuttlebutt going around that the uh, ownership up there in Toronto, the uh, Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment folks, are not happy with uh, head coach Dwayne Casey, of course, Dwayne Casey, former Kentucky Wildcat basketball player, uh, veteran coach in the NBA, a lot of years in the NBA, and uh, he's really built the uh, Toronto Raptors into one of the best uh, squads in the NBA. But if they don't uh, win tonight, stay alive, and keep their hopes alive, they, a lot of scuttlebutt going around that uh, Dwayne Casey, despite in many people's eyes the NBA coach of the year this year, he might be gone. And uh, that would be really tough. Uh, first game tonight is just going is less than an hour away. Boston and Philadelphia are going to be doing battle at six o'clock, and um, of course Boston has a chance to finish that one off. Uh, they um, that's a good possibility there. Actually, they they have a, they have a two one lead, but uh, Boston has had a um, a pretty strong series against Philadelphia. Much to the surprise of a lot of people, you know, so many people thought Philadelphia is really the new it team in the East in the NBA. Not the case. And Boston's got a chance to take a commanding lead on home court tonight at the TD Gardens in Boston. And that game will tip off at 6. But again, our uh, major concern, Toronto and Cleveland, 8.30. And we'll have pregame activity right at 8 o'clock or so here on the ESPN 94.1 in AM 930. Kind of quiet on the baseball front uh, tonight. Uh, 
several folks have the night off, including your Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, no Pirates action here on ESPN 94.1 AM 9.30 this evening. The Buccos take the, the night off. They came off a, a big-time win over the Brewers yesterday by a score of 9 to nothing. There was no afternoon baseball today, so a uh, pretty uh, full schedule for the night, including the Reds struggling as they continue to do. They lost two out of three to Miami over the weekend. Uh, the New York Mets are at Great American Ballpark tonight at uh, 7-10. Other games tonight, San Francisco's at Philadelphia. Uh, Minnesota visiting the St. Louis Cardinals. Detroit at Texas. The Cubs hosting Miami. Oakland's home against the Houston Astros. And it's Washington taking on the San Diego Padres in San Diego. Kind of a sad baseball uh, note. The uh, mother of Oakland A's outfielder, Stephen Piscotty, Gretchen Piscotty, died on Sunday night. Now, Stephen Piscotty was a member of the St. Louis Cardinals, and um, he was um, asked for and was traded to the Oakland A's to be near his mother. Um, Gretchen Piscotty was suffering from amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, Lou Gehrig's disease. She was diagnosed with ALS about a year ago. And uh, she passed away last night. She was 55. Uh, Billy Bean, the A's uh, vice president of baseball operations of the A's organization, extends its deepest condolences to the Biscotti family on the loss of Gretchen. She was a devoted wife and mother whose legacy will live on through her husband, Mike, and son, Stephen Austin, and Nick. So kind of sad. Stephen Biscotti made a great sacrifice. He was uh, uh to me, a, a pretty featured part of the St. Louis Cardinals operation there in the St. Louis Cardinals future. But for the sake of his mother, he asked to be traded. And the A's and the Cardinals made that happen as he um, had signed a six-year, 33-and-a-half contract extension uh, running through 2022 in St. Louis. And so he looked like he was going to be there for the long haul. But uh, that was not the case. And... Uh, he uh, moved to Oakland and unfortunately lost uh, uh, his mother last evening. And uh, talk about losing somebody. And talk about a, a real gentleman, a guy that always impressed really um, me and so many others. Uh, over the weekend, we lost former Ohio and Western Carolina basketball coach Larry Hunter. Uh, Western Carolina spokesman Daniel Hooker said that Hunter's wife, Mary, told him that uh, Coach Hunter died at a Cary, North Carolina hospital last Friday after suffering a stroke earlier in the week. Uh, coach Hunter was 68. He had stepped down as the head coach of the Western Carolina Catamounts in March after the Cats went 13-19. and 19. But Hunter had an impressive record, 702 wins in his career at uh, Wittenberg in Division Three. Of course, he had 12 seasons in Ohio. And he ended up coaching 13 seasons down at Cullowee, North Carolina, and at Western Carolina. And you talk about a guy who did a pretty good job. Didn't didn't have a an above 500 record, but uh, for a place where it's hard to recruit players to in Cullowee, North Carolina, I thought Coach Hunter did a nice, nice job. And over the years, and uh, but he decided to step down at the end of last year. But. Uh, Always a gentleman, and uh, certainly he always enjoyed uh, competing once against Marshall. He always enjoyed those Marshall-Ohio uh, basketball games. And um, he's only, he, of course, had an NCAA team at Ohio in 1994. Remember a guy named the Shack of the Mac, Gary Trent, 
That was one of the guys that uh, was uh, coached by Larry Hunter. And um, Bobcats played Indiana in 1994, lost to Bob Knight in Indiana by a score of 84-72. But Gary Trent was uh, one of the players that was uh, part of uh, Coach Hunter's legacy at Ohio. And another guy you might remember who was a real great three-point bomber, Dave Jamerson. He was an all-MAC player, MAC player of the year. Trent was a two of, or not three-time MAC player of the year, and I believe he had one more. But, of course, Ohio was uh, Larry Hunter's alma mater, and he gave the Bobcats some good years. So uh, we certainly mourn the loss of a real gentleman of college basketball and a guy that I know a lot of Marshall fans really uh, admired, and that's Larry Hunter, dead at the uh, age of 68 after a stroke down in Cary, North Carolina, and uh, he will be missed. A little bit of co college basketball news from the Kentucky Wildcat front. There are five Kentucky Wildcats set to participate in the upcoming NBA Draft Combine in Chicago. Now, all these guys do not have uh, they do not have uh, agents, and that means they could go back to Kentucky. Now, the Wildcat underclassmen who are going to be in the combine are Hamadou Diallo, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Kevin Knox, Jared Vanderbilt, P.J. Washington. They're just five of the 69 men who were invited to that. U.K.'s five players tied with Duke and Kansas for the most on the NBA draft combine list. And remember that Vanderbilt and P.J. Washington did not hire agents, so they can come back to Kentucky, and there's a lot of hope that they might. Now, Hamadou Diallo, Shea Gildas-Alexander, and Kevin Knox, they are done in Lexington. They will not be coming back. The um, NBA draft combine will be coming up May 17th, May 18th, from 3 to 7 p.m. each day, and you can actually see that on ESPN2. A lot of uh, people who are NBA draft junkies and NBA uh, junkies in general, they will sit and watch those drills for hours and hours to see who the uh, the up-and-comers are and the best are. And of course, we know about these Kentucky guys, and they very much uh, fit the bill among the best. But uh, we'll see if what they can do against others at the NBA draft combine. Let's take a break right now. When we uh, come back, we will have the head coach of Marshall University Volleyball, Mitch Jacobs. Mitch Jacobs will be in studio. We're going to talk about changes coming to the volleyball team. You're listening to The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Well, Bill Cornwell has the wheel today instead of Paul Swan. But Paul will be back in a, in a day or two, no problem. And, uh, and with us, the uh, head coach of Marshall University's volleyball squad, Mitch Jacobs. How we doing, Billy? Hey, we're doing okay, man. And, uh, and of course, uh, for those of you who have listened to Paul and, and Mitch over the years, a lot of people know that Mitch could take over the show in a minute. <laughs> he likes to do this show, do you not, sir? Well, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. But, you know, but, I mean, but, I didn't know. You know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he doesn't like let me it. Tell you, let me tell around. you, Mitch. Well, the reason Mitch, Mitch is conversant on any and every sport, and not just his own sport, volleyball, and uh, 
By the way, it was fun watching the, the men's volleyball championships on ESPN over the weekend. Man, there are some athletes in that. Of course, one, one local team, Ohio State, was involved with it. So uh, on the on the men's side, so uh, there was there was some outstanding volleyball being played out there at UCLA this past weekend. Ohio State, Ohio State, yeah, not the Bobcats, though. Right, right, yes, so, Ohio, yeah, Ohio State. State. We're, we're talking about that. Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. we got uh, you know big big win by Long Beach State. Huh? Long, yeah, and, and a comeback because they yeah. were they were in trouble against the the home the home team in the UCLA Bruins. But uh, yeah, the men's game, men's game's good. The men's game's good. The best part, the thing about the men's game that makes it so solid is the uh, low number. Of teams that actually participate, and the scholarships are only four and a half per per team. Mm-hmm. So it, it allows, you know, you you've got a, a former Marshall alum, Nikki Sandlin, who's the head men's coach at McKendry College, and they're Division Two women's, and she's the head coach of the women's team. She's also the head coach of the men's team, <laughs> and uh, and she's Division One there. So um, she's done such a good job there. She was the head coach at uh, for the youth national uh, boys team. Yeah, and that. Uh, what you see sometimes with uh, with intercollegiate hockey, you see a lot of schools that do play Division One volleyball, like in hockey. That you're like, well, they'll play Division One hockey. Play, that, that's it. But that'll be yeah, exactly. That'll be it's it. It's kind of a niche, right? Or it's you'll kind have of a like niche. Uh, Minnesota Duluth playing D two, but they play D one hockey. Exactly. And I'll tell you, that's hurt Minnesota's program, huh? When they had to go to the Big Ten and leave that Minnesota North Star Conference, mm-hmm. where all those boys want to stay home and play in front of. Play in front of their families yep. all all season. Now they're in the Big Ten. They don't, you know, this was their best year since they moved. Well, Mitch, you've been a busy guy this spring. Uh, uh, there, there's no, uh, there's no rest for the weary. But uh, you've been uh, doing some uh, Spartan work, uh, reshaping your your lineup this year. Of course, uh, uh, last year did, did not end up as uh, as we'd like. Uh, it's but, a bad uh, year, Billy. Bad year. It was it a tough was year. year. You, you know, I, I was thinking about it, and, 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 you know, I don't know if you, you might disagree with me on this, but it was to me a bad omen when I remember how the herd played against West Virginia at home, and that was almost like a, a bad sign to me. Yeah, a little because we always yep. Because Marshall always, always is so strong at home against the Mountaineers, and the Mountaineers dominated the herd, and that was almost like, well, that, and, that, and you know, Reed's, you know, Reed's doing a good job. They've they've been they recruiting in the Big Twelve how many years now? Yeah, so about two or three you know, years. We're, we're uh, I think five or six five years. Five or right? six years. And yeah. so we've um, we've gone two and two against them since they've gone to the Big Twelve. And uh, I just have to say, yeah, I mean, that's that's the way way it should be. It's going to be tough every time you play them. Our kids got to understand that. And uh, I'd have to say that they you know you know everybody who knows me knows I just kind of call it like it was mm-hmm. uh, they they played fantastic and we didn't play anywhere near our ability we didn't play hard enough uh, and that kind of summed up a lot of the season you know you look at yourself as a coach and a staff and you reevaluate and that's what we've mm-hmm. done for this off season is uh, and that's all I've done since probably middle of last season is just keep reevaluating keep trying to get better try to reach these kids a little bit differently um, and keep working because it's really about them. Without them, we don't we don't have a program. I mean, you you went to to kids, I guess, the end of the year last year, and, and did you just kind of challenge it? You know, are you willing to make the commitment for us to improve, or, or you want to move on? Is I mean, because obviously you had some players did move on. It's Carl Walker's one of them. Obviously, she's at, at South Florida now. Right, right, and uh, it, was, it was almost like a good trade. We got Sierra DeBell came in, yeah. from uh, Florida Gulf Coast, yeah. and. Um, you know, I don't want to talk individually about the sure. the situations that happen within our program, but the the best thing that happened is we've got a whole bunch of kids 
that want to be here, want to play for me, want to play for this program, want to play for us, and want to be Marshall. And that's the most important thing that I've learned from day one when I got to Marshall. You got to have kids who want to be a part of Marshall. And uh, when, you know, that there's a lot that comes with that. We're going to hold our kids accountable. We're going to want them accountable. We're going to want them to be uh, upstanding adults in the, in the community. And, uh, and I think we've got a great group for the, for the development of this program again. And I think if we have a chance to develop this thing, it's going to be fantastic. You have 10 newcomers, right? Yes, sir. And you just announced just a couple weeks ago seven new recruits. And uh, just overall, uh, what's the impressions we should uh, get from uh, this new group? I think you're going to see a team – you know, you're going to have kids that, that, that are hungry. You know, uh, one, of the, one of the things that made our program great as we grew was finding kids who uh, either absolutely wanted to be here or weren't getting the opportunities they thought they believed and they had a chip on their shoulder. Mm -hmm. And then you're able to work with that kid. You're able to try to teach that young lady how to, how to be great, and she wants to be great every day. Um, you know, I'm not going to say we didn't have that in our program because we did. We have some kids in our program like that. We had a couple graduates just now like that. Um, you know, I know a Taylor Pelton worked hard every day uh, or, or mostly every day. She really wanted to be a great player. Um, Justice Craft, that kind of thing, you know, worked hard every day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and they graduate as, as daughters of Marshall, and, you know, they move on. And, but, you know, some, some of the things that have transpired in our program just need to be better. Mm -hmm. And that starts with the coaching, and that and it goes from there. You know, when, when something like this happens, you don't just point and go, you got bad kids, because you don't. You've just got to find a good way to, to move forward, do well, and we've got a group of kids that are here, want to be here. They worked all spring to be here. And now my whole, you know, my whole charge is to make sure that those kids understand how much I respect what they just went through. You, uh, in, in looking at some of the of the people that um, you did bring in, one thing that stuck out to me, it looks like that you've added a little bit on the power side, a little bit on the height side, and that was needed in the program. You know, there's always been one, one thing that every championship I've won, whether it was Fairfield University or here, had one thing in common, and that's an international player or two. Mm -hmm. uh, it's important because, you know, it's – when you're going up against, you know, you can get an international player, um, you know, through a connection or through a service or somewhere in that area that, that is looking for a niche in a certain type of school that isn't, you know, a kid in the United States at the same level as being recruited by those top power fives. And uh, I think we've done that. You know, I think we've done that again. We've gotten back down into Trinidad. Mm -hmm. And we got a nice young lady there, and uh, I was able to go down there and see Kelly and Julicia. And, I was going to uh, say, if, if she's anything like Kelly, Kelly Ann Bell, and she then she's pretty good. Well, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say that that you know I didn't know Kelly Ann Bell and she was going to be like Kelly Ann Bell and yeah. but I knew that Kelly was a few things. You know, mm -hmm. Kelly was was a, a young lady who was so had so much desire and love for the sport, and she had never had real uh, solid say, fundamental coaching before she got here. And she put together that incredible athleticism and power and then developed her fundamentals and turned it into a 10-year professional career. Yeah. And uh, you know, now she's, gonna, she's retiring this year as Trinidad is the first English-speaking island nation to qualify for the World Cup Championships of volleyball. Wow. And Jalicia is the starting middle. Kelly is the starter on the outside mm -hmm. or, the, and, or the opposite. And she also does some setting for Trinidad. And uh, 
and then she's planning on hanging it up and retiring. But when mm -hmm. I got down there, it was so cool to see how they were working with their youth. And they were doing exactly, they were giving back. And they mm -hmm. were working with youth players. And they couldn't wait to get me to the gym to watch some of the mm -hmm. kids that they wanted me to see. And it was it was awesome. That's good stuff. Uh, of course, we talk about Kellyanne. She was just named about a week or so ago to the newest class of the Marshall Athletic Hall of Fame. Yeah, and you know what's great news about that, too, is when it first came to my knowledge about it, I looked at the dates, and then I looked at when they were traveling for the World Cup, and, uh, and she was going to have to miss the weekend because yep. they playing in the World Cup. But they've pushed the training back for the World Cup when they go to Japan, and I believe Kellyanne will now be able to be here. And, I mean, that's exciting. That's just so exciting to that's see a, Kelly back in Huntington. is going to be something special. And, and of course, that's going to be uh, – they're going to be honored the first home football weekend, which will be the Eastern Kentucky game, be week two of the football season. Well, uh, I apologize. So they've – okay, when I was first told, yeah. I believe it was week three, and now they're doing well, it on Eastern Kentucky week. Okay. I mean, the, 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 that's the – I think, I think that's when they're going to do it. But okay. that, that, that's, that could be subject to change as far as getting everybody here. I, oh, that, that's man. a good point. Uh, again, look looking at the uh, the folks you, you did sign, you always like to have some good local talent. You've been very fortunate to, to sign local girls, and this time you got Autumn Ellswick from Winfield, and, and she has good pedigree. Uh, she's a good kid, man. Yeah. Uh, Autumn has worked really hard. She's come up through our club. Um, she played in our club as a, since 15 years old, uh, 16 Six, nah, 15, 17, 18. She's played. Um, I'm just a hard worker. And, uh, and I mean, when you say hard worker, I don't know anybody works harder than her when she's on that floor. And uh, she, just, she just was one of the setters on a national championship team from our club and mm -hmm. couldn't be more proud of Autumn and can't wait to have her in our gym playing for us. Still a week or two away. Uh, hopefully, well, I guess we'll, we'll get to hear about a schedule, right? Well, I believe that should be coming out. Um, the schedule's done. I've uh, met with Jason. He's, he's got it. And he's, uh, I think he's just working on a good time to come out. Uh, the Mountaineers are back on the schedule. Um, we'll be going up to Morton, Morgantown this year. It'll right. be a late November or early November Early game. November. Um, so that'll be, that'll be fun. It's always fun to play the big, you know, some big schools. And now West Virginia, you know, I mean, they're, they're recruiting in the Big 12. And that's is um, usual rivals, Moorhead and Ohio, are they still on the schedule? On the schedule. Uh, yeah. Both at home this year. Yep. And uh, it'll be fun. A couple midweek matches, Moorhead, Ohio, and uh, and I think that's actually our that's our home schedule and this year. We're not we're not hosting a tournament this season. Okay, um, and we'll get that officially out here in the probably the next few days. And uh, let's talk a little bit about about the club, the national championship. I know you are really proud of this. Well, yeah, I mean, the River City Thunder. We, you know, uh, Mike Strickland. I think a lot of people know who Mike Strickland is. He's a he's a great person in the community mm -hmm. with rubber light. And uh, he came to me my first season here and said, uh, "I have a daughter." And mm -hmm. we all know that that daughter now <laughs> works with the M Club, runs the M Club, and she is an in charge person. And um, she worked for as you for you as an assistant for several years. Greatest. You yeah. know, she's, she's, uh, Taylor Strickland is, uh, Marshall through and through and, mm -hmm. and one of the great, uh, young people. And uh, she's not, you know, I mean, that I got to meet, she started in our club as 15 years old, came through the club, came through the program, coached the program. Uh, you can't ask more than that out of, out of somebody, but Mike Strickland is, is the guy who should have credit in convincing me to start a youth club. And we've been doing it ever since. They went out to Anaheim, California a couple weekends ago. Won a national title, play the best, yeah, well, beat the we, best. We, uh, we played in the 18 American division. Right. And uh, 
which is which is a great division for our size. But in the in the end, you got teams that were playing. Uh, you know, we beat out of Houston, Texas, out of Chicago. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it's uh, that division's supposed to be for a little smaller populated areas. Yeah. But uh, these these clubs that didn't qualify in their high ends, which uh, you've got an open division, which is just something that we're not ready for. And then you've got a couple other divisions, and we're, we're, we're able to play in any of those at this point now. Uh, but we, we qualified for the 18 American division. That's the great part about USAV Nationals. You have to qualify. you got to go to a tournament and, and win or finish second in a major event and uh, get to go. And that's, that's what's great about that event. Um, you know, that, that's our best. We had that same team won the JVA World in, the, in Division Two. So you have three divisions there, and they won the, the second division championship at JVA World mm-hmm. now. That's also another big governing body for junior volleyball. So you've got AAU, you've got USAV, and USAV is really that top notch. And then you've got JVA and AAU. And uh, so that's two major titles for this club that these yeah. girls brought us. And uh, you can't be any proud of this. All kids from, from Paintsville, Kentucky to Charleston, West Virginia. And yeah. they, they travel to our Truly club. a regional team. It is. There's, there's, no, uh, there's no going out to nationals and picking up two kids from California no. or anything like that. Everybody's from us. Um, everybody has to be within 50 miles. Yeah. Otherwise, we can't coach them as collegiate coaches. Mm-hmm. So it's just uh, a lot of pride there. Well, Mitch, hang around because we're going to we're going to take a risk here in transit to the southern to the Southern Conference Conference USA softball Conference USA man Jen Jen Steele Jen Steele <laughs> and the volleyball or the uh, softball team they're on their way to Charlotte and we're going to give them a call. Well, let's hope that the cell phone holds here because uh, they're going to do battle with Western Kentucky in a couple of days down in Charlotte. Well, we're going to talk to Jen Steele about some Conference USA softball tournament action coming up right up next here on The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Good afternoon, and uh, we are moving along on The Drive. It's 543, and uh, we're going to touch base on the road with the... First-year head coach of the Marshall softball team, Jen Steele. Jen and the Herd are on their way to the Conference USA Softball Championships down in Charlotte. They'll be taking on Western Kentucky, uh, the Herd's fifth seed, the uh, Hilltoppers of the eighth seed. Good afternoon, Jen. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, we got Mitch Jacobs, Marshall volleyball coach, with us as well. So we've got to cast the thousands in here. Uh, And you guys have to feel well after a a good, solid uh, senior day doubleheader sweep yesterday over MTSU. Yeah, it was really nice to finally be able to get out there um, (laughs) on Sunday. We didn't know what the weather was looking like, so we were really lucky to get both games in. Man, what a senior class that you had to say uh, goodbye to, at least on a home level. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, you, you you talk about the the heart of, of the program the last couple of years. Uh, of course, uh, so successful last year before you came on. And, and um, those seniors, uh, they've had good years, solid years, and they're going to be tough to replace. Absolutely. I mean, all five of them, actually, it was pretty special this weekend. All five of them started and they played and they contributed in multiple ways. Um, And then our sixth senior is Caitlin Gale, and 
she was medically disqualified this year and has been helping out in a student assistant role and obviously with her ties to the university for as long as she's had them um, just really makes this class just special in a lot of ways and I couldn't think of a better gift for us to give them than a walk-off win at home so it was really exciting. Of course you're going to play the uh, first game of the tournament on Wednesday against the uh, Western Kentucky Hilltoppers you're the fifth seed they're the eighth seed you played them down in Bowling Green a couple of weeks ago and uh, unfortunately topped uh, two out of three. Looks like these are two teams that, despite the fact you're a little higher up in the in the uh, conference ranking, uh, pr- pretty evenly matched. I think so. I mean, it's our division um, in the league is pretty tough. Five of the six of our teams actually made the tournament. Um, so they take, you know, the top eight and five of our six on our half of the uh, division went. And so it is, it's, it's tough uh, top to bottom to be quite honest. And so when you look at wins and, and separating the first seed from the fifth seed, it's pretty evenly matched. So Western Kentucky is a solid ball club. They have a lot of thunder in their offense. And so it should be a really good first game on Wednesday. Now this is a real uh, pressure test on Wednesday because uh Basically, you have to win or you're done. And, of course, if, you, if you're able to win, you got a, a game at 5 o'clock against fourth seed La Tech. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess so. We're, we're trying to look at it as, as trying not to put too much emphasis on the have-to and the got-to and the need-to because anytime you start talking like that, it, it makes moments bigger than are. And so we're trying to play one pitch at a time and – we're actually on the bus right now. My staff and I, we're all kind of looking at each other. We all have different laptops and computers open, trying to get as much scouting in as we can um, before we, we practice tomorrow. You know, So really all of our preparation is going to go into figuring out how to beat Western Kentucky. And then we definitely do have a quick turnaround with Law Tech. Um, you know, they were, they were in contention. They just really had to win one game this weekend to be the regular season champion, I believe. And then they actually got swept on the road by UTEP, and so, which they hadn't been swept all year. And so, you know, they're, we're riding some momentum right now, um, you know, and, and they're coming off of a tough weekend. But we're trying, again, not to look too far ahead because right now Western Kentucky is really just in our way. Hey, Jen, this is Mitch. Um, Hi, Mitch. Hi. You know, good luck now, of course. <laughs> Go her, baby. Thank you. Um, got a question for you, though. How, you know, with the NCAA, all gears up towards the double round. You're right. It's all, or double, uh, not mm-hmm. round round, but double elimination. So uh, how do you guys feel about, you know, a completely different format for your conference tournament with this big protection towards the one and two seeds and rather than just going in with two separate groups of four and then playing that championship like you might do and, uh, you know, if you made it all the way to the College World Series? Well, right now I don't like it because we're the five seed, but I think I would really like it if we were we were one of the top four. But, you know, I understand the, the theory behind it and protecting the one and two um, for as long as possible. Protecting three and four is just interesting to me. You know, I, I think I think that's stretching it out just a bit. Um, I think you can maybe shake up the bracket a little bit differently and still find a way to protect one and two without without making it so tough on five through eight um because if you're going to make it that tough and that easy for the top four i'm unsure as to why the tournament is as or why our conference tournament is as large as it is you know you could always cut Got the teams it. down if you didn't want that so a little bit of a different format um but i understand the theory behind it it's just interesting to me how how much you know we try to protect three and four as well can you, can you share it all a little bit with, like, you know, how you feel Western Kentucky is going to attack you all and how you guys want to, 
you know, go after them and what, what your strengths and weaknesses are, you know, to, to share with, cause you know, you know, you got a huge softball following with, with Marshall at this point. Yeah. Well, from, from Western Kentucky, from their standpoint, you know, what they really did to us last time is they really beat us with a lot of short games. And so there was really not a lot in between. So they would bunt and push bunt and we were out of position quite a bit and then they would smack a home run. So it was like you were getting one or the other. You were getting beat in front of you, or you were getting beat all the way over the fence. And so, you know, from a from our strategy, we're going to ensure that we can't get beat in front of us um, because that's just something that is important to us. And gotcha. so if they're going to score runs, we're going to force them to earn it. Um, you know, so I, I'm it. interested to kind of see what they what they bring from an offensive standpoint. You know, both of their pitchers that we faced, we hit really hard during moments. We scored. I mean, we scored a lot of runs that weekend in Bowling Green. We scored a lot, and we still like I forget what the scores were, but I mean, we maybe we didn't score a lot actually. Well, we scored only in four of the 21 innings, but we put up a lot of runs is what I remember. Like we just had really big innings. And so um, I feel good about our offense matching up with their pitching staff. Um, we're just going to have to find a way to contain their bats. Right. Of course, Coach, you're, you're, you're playing for an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. Of course, last year was a pretty good year for the league as far as multiple bids to the tournament. Do uh, uh, you foresee that this year? I don't. I think whoever I, – I really think we're only going to get the one team in, whoever wins it. I just – I don't think anyone's close enough there right on that bubble. So I think it's kind of all up for grabs right now. And really the league is wide open, to be honest. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough road for five through eight, but there isn't – you know, no one's running away with it this year like they have in years past, and there isn't necessarily one dominant team. And so, you know, anything can happen in May. And so that's – Hopefully you find some rhythm at the right point. You're, you're starting to peak. Well, Coach, we um, hope you uh, get a good restful night's sleep, get some good practice in tomorrow, and uh, we will be paying attention uh, midday on Wednesday when you guys take on Western Kentucky. Good luck. We'll be rooting you on, and uh, let's, let's go herd. Good luck, Jen. Thanks, guys. All go, right. Go herd. That's right. Jen Steele, the, volley, the softball coach for the herd, getting all these sports mixed up, Mitch, but uh, – Jen Steele's done Don't a nice job. Don't get that mixed up. Tell yeah, you what, she's, she's done a great job. First year having to follow Shonda Stanton and, and the great record Shonda Stanton put in, Jen Steele has put her mark. Well, you know, she's here for a reason. She did a heck of a job at her previous Yes, school. she did. Yes, she did. You know, she, so let's, you know, we, we know why we've got a good coach here now and, you know, wish Shonda all the well, but man, she's a Hoosier now. That's right. And I love the, I love Shonda, but she's a Hoosier now. <laughs> that's right. Jen's part of the herd, and, and that's Jen, really all that matters. And I hope we get a couple more walk-offs because that was exciting on Sunday. Yeah, Jen, Jen's done a great job. And, and to me, they, they got just as good a shot as anybody down in Charlotte over the next few days. The way, the way this uh, tournament works, it's single elimination on Wednesday. If you can get to Thursday, though, it goes to double elimination. And as, as you made the point, it's there. There, it's really designed to protect number one seed, number two seed. So, and uh, that's the way it is set up to go. Because so when it gets down to the final four, they go to double. They go to double. So, so somebody, somebody, they're sat still in a protected. Room, somebody sat in a room, figured out this whole thing, and, and then, and then figured out a way to for people to buy it. 
And that's they, whoever and they sold whoever sold them on that. I mean, why not just put them in two groups of four, play it out, and have a champion of each four, and then and, go for it, one and, game, just I like mean, the championship. And they, they, they basically, and that's basically how baseball works. But softball is different, and then it's well, Jen feels seems pretty confident, so I'm I'm with her. I'm with her. I'm with as well. I, I think they're going to do really well. Take one last break. Be back with a few final comments. Uh, one local uh, high school sports hire we're going to talk about here on the drive. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Bill Cornwell back with you on The Drive. Last couple of moments on this Monday, the 7th of May, 2018. Uh, thanks for, to Mitch Jacobs. Thanks to Jen Steele, uh, Marshall Head Coaches, for The Drive today. Uh, new uh, coach hired for the Ashland Tomcat basketball team over the weekend. Uh, this comes from... Uh, our buddy Mark Swift, the athletic director at Paul Blazer High School, announcing that Jason Mays is the new head coach of the Tomcats. Uh, Mays comes after serving as an assistant and an interim head coach at uh, Kentucky Wesleyan, Division II power in the past, been struggling lately. But um, now that shows you the, the stature of the Ashland basketball program. When you bring, you can attract guys who are coaching college ball come and coach high school, but that's no surprise because the Ashland Tomcat basketball program is one of the most tradition-rich in the nation. So Jason Mays will be the new head coach of Ashland Tomcat boys basketball, and that's that's the third of some high-profile high school hirings in recent weeks. Of course, started off with the Ironton football hiring of Trevon Pendleton, new head coach for Fighting Tiger football. Then last week, the hiring of uh, Ty Holmes as the new boys basketball coach at Huntington High School. So out of those uh, high-profile hirings, Jason Mays, new head basketball coach at Paul Blazer High School, announced by Mark Swift, the Paul Blazer High athletic director. Tonight it is hockey time. It is uh, first off. 7 o'clock, uh, Washington at Pittsburgh, game six in that uh, Eastern Conference uh, semifinal. Caps lead that series 3-2. to two. They can wrap up that series in Pittsburgh tonight. And Nashville's at Winnipeg fighting for their lives. Jets lead that series by a score or by a, a margin of 3-2. to two. Had a good day today here on the drive. Gabriel Sellers, uh, we thank him for taking care of the engineering end. I'm Bill Corn, and I'll be back with you tomorrow. More. On the drive. station.